Folks, this is a content warning. Now, for those of you who actually need a content warning, switch off now. No judgment, just switch off. You probably don't want to hear this. I will now give you 10 seconds of silence to use whatever device you're using and just switch this podcast off now. Alright, now for those of you who wish to know what sort of content you are being warned about, here's the list of subjects we're about to discuss. Actual shit. We're talking feces and in large doses. Uh, It also involves, of course, wartime, guns, bombings, torture, death threats, stabbing, drug use, injury resulting in surgery, brawling, and anti-Semitism. Now, I'd like to make this very clear, neither I nor the interviewee hold any anti-Semitic views, and I want to be very clear about that. In this episode, he discusses an experience he had involving anti-Semites, and this, of course, will be disturbing material to certain listeners. Now, this episode is not for everyone, I assure you, it's pretty serious. If you are not in any current mental state to deal with any level of disturbing material, please switch off now. Alrighty, folks, you're listening to Talking Shit with Fraser, you bastard. The show about who the fuck knows, but anything goes. Folks, we have a, uh, now what I'd love to consider a bit of a regular bloke on the show. We have Jake, he was here on uh, episode 4, I believe, and episode 9 as well, talking about his time as a uh, combat photographer and a combat medic. Now, folks, they were very, very serious episodes, and I've decided that this time we might take it on a different path, so, uh... I hit up Jake a little bit earlier today, and I sort of said, well, mate, what I want to hear is your funniest fucking stories. Now, folks, obviously, if you had to listen to the other two episodes, you're probably not all that squeamish, so uh, <laughs> I'm sure I don't need to give you the, uh, well, I don't need to give you uh, the pre-fucking, pre-warning, I've forgotten, oh, the content warning. The content warning, yeah. So, folks, I'm probably sure this time I don't need to give you a content warning, but we'll uh, we'll just see how this all flows and goes. How are you going, Jake? I'm doing good. I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for coming back and joining us, man. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you here. And uh, look, as always, you've got so many fascinating stories to tell, and I can't fucking wait to hear what you have to say. Yep, yep, I got plenty. I got. And we're going to talk about fun stuff. And, uh, yeah, we're talking about fun stuff this time, man. So I want to hear about all your funniest stories. I want to hear about all, and I don't care how foul they are. I want to hear everything. Like, give me the the funniest shit you got to go. <laughs> well, talking about shit. We'll, oh, we'll look start, out! We'll start that with an actual uh, story and stuff. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So I actually lost thirty kilos in weight from tapeworms. Now I pulled out tapeworms out of my ass. What? They were thirty centimeters long. Because I drank water from a from a like a little shop in the middle of nowhere in Pakistan um, after I'd, we'd gone up to K two and I'd photographed around there and I'd come down from the border I was feeling like gold because you know I got up to I didn't get to climb K two but I got to seven thousand two hundred meters and uh, bailed out but we climbed all these other mountains and we had this incredible trip. And on the way back, I was just like, I felt on top of the world and nothing could destroy me. And then I, we went into like a little little curry house and I took the glass of water and the glass of water obviously wasn't that good. And slowly the, the bus trip back to Islamabad 
just became more degrading, worse and worse. I had to stop and shit. And then it came so badly that I ended up having to actually, the driver didn't want to stop anymore. So I actually opened the window of the <gasps> bus and pulled my ass out of it and just fucking chat. I was crying and my stomach was so bad and I couldn't work out what was wrong with me. Um, and so like this mom phone, like I consistently needed to shit. Um, and we, I ended up having this job for UNICEF and we had to go out to this other place and I didn't really want to leave. Like I actually put my office desk in the toilet so I could actually work from the toilet seat. Mm. Um, so that way I was, when any time I need to prepare the shit, I could just do it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, I'm in the middle of nowhere in Pakistan and, um, we're filming this water development program and my guts just go for it. I can't even walk the steps from back from the water well back to the car. Mm. And I could feel the squirts happening and I just end up dropping my pants and just shitting in the middle of the road. Uh, the worst bit about it is everybody all flocks and is like looking at you just like fucking shit in there. And I was like, oh, so bad, so degrading. And everyone's all, you know, they're getting you paper, they're getting you water, whatever it needs. And I was like, fuck. And anyway, finally, like, the doctor's like, oh, we can't work out, but we're going to give you a whole bunch of medicine. So I got like 10 or, 10 or different or 20 different fucking pills. I've taken all of these sort of stuff, and then my guts just end up being like this roller coaster. I'm like squirming around. I think I'm going to die. I write my will. Uh, I send my will saying that my, you know, my best friend can keep all my camera gear and you know whatever things that I have left, you know, just sell it off. It's not worth it. Um, and... I end up being on the toilet and it's really coming out and you know, it's dangling and stuff. And so I grab, go in there and I grab it and I start pulling out these worms and um, they're huge. They're oh. like 30 centimeters long, 40 massive tapeworms that have now finally died in my guts. What the hell? <laughs> Isn't it true? Like they come in little sections, and if even one section breaks off, it's like got a hundred eggs in it, and that's the end of you, sort of thing. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, so weren't you worried that anything was fucking left behind? Oh uh, yeah, no. I, I think. I suppose by that stage, I, you were just kind of relieved, right? <laughs> like, I'm so relieved, like just uh, you know. Uh, I'm actually touching my hands as I think about all the shit that I had covered all over it. Like, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Look, I've, ch I've changed my mind, Jake. I think I might actually give a content warning after this. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. That is intense, man. Oh, yeah, that's that's probably the worst of it all. Just, yeah, fucking shit. Shit stuff is always the most funniest Um yeah, I mean, one time in Syria, we get bombed at, and you know, my best friend and uh, and uh, fixer, he's in the he massively he runs into the to he's in the toilet taking a shit, and the whole door, the whole building sort of jars a little bit, so he can't get out of the toilet. So he's stuck in the toilet. He's done himself a big fucking turd. There's no electricity. Um, <laughs> all the water's gone all crazy. The piping burst and stuff. And oh, no. And starts filling up in this toilet, and he can't get out. Oh no! <laughs> so I have to find something like an axe or something and smash the door to break the lock so he can get out. 
Yeah, did did it just come out like, okay, I'm sure you've seen The Shining when the elevator doors open and there's just this... Ma- did it just flood out like that? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> all the shit had come out as well from inside the toilet, so all the water had just, like, pushed itself out. So all these, like, fucking bogs are just, like, floating down. It was, it was fucking horrible. Oh, my God, I'm a plumber. That's a Tuesday for me, but at the same time, it's still <laughs> hilarious to hear it. <laughs> yeah. And those are the fun things that army dudes like to do is like when they know you're taking a shit is to fire a bullet overhead. So you get, you get afraid and stuff and you might even push it out really quickly or just fall, fall back into, uh, you know, from your squat, squat zone back into your shit. <laughs> army dudes love to do that to you. Oh, army dudes are bastards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know, um, yeah, no, sh- shit is a horrible thing. Um, <laughs> One of the most definitely, yeah, I could still claim it as a funny story is uh, I went to Yemen um, to go and document what was happening there. I said I'd help an NGO, and so I picked up these, like, radio equipment because the NGO was a, was a radio station, and it got hit by a Saudi airstrike. So it was down and out, and it needed radios and stuff. So I said, oh, yeah, I'll take that with me. And I, I we couldn't get uh, an airplane into uh, – into Yemen, um, the Saudi government and the U.S. government were uh, cancelling all flights, and there actually happened to be a cattle boat in Djibouti um, that said that they would take me. And so um, I jumped on a ship uh, with uh, a whole bunch of cows and stuff and headed on my way to Yemen. Um, and I ended up being at this port of Mokka, and this town, nobody had told me or no one had realized any intel and stuff that the Houthis had taken over the town of Mokka. Um, who, who are the Houthis? So the Houthis are the rebel party that has taken over the capital of Yemen. Okay. Uh, they're a Shia militia and, um, yeah, they ousted the, the king and the president out of uh, power and, uh, you know, declared under their control. Um, the Saudi government and the U.S. government have been fighting against or helping to assist fight uh, any interim government against the the Houthis. Um, and, yeah, it's been a massive shit fight. Anyway, I was in this boat with all these cows. Um, good smart thing is, ever going to um, go on a boat, especially they're like to get from Djibouti to Mecca, was 18 hours on a really slow freighter boat. So bring a hammock um, and you'll be able to sleep quite comfortably in the hammock. Um, Otherwise, yeah, you sleep on the bed, you'll probably get motion sickness and stuff, but at least having a hammock will kind of rock you back and forth and you'll be okay. Um, But, yeah, so there was the Hoofies and they're all sitting up in pickup trucks with uh, 50 cal Gatling guns and stuff just all aimed at the boat. Um, So come out and it's like, oh, yeah. He's the foreigner dude. He's the white the white foreigner sort of that's just turned up. He's got a whole bunch of radio gear. This looks sus, um, you know. And yeah, I got literally accosted by gunpoint and stuff, and taken away into a tiny little room. And literally, they weren't. Uh, we'd become. We'd end up becoming friends. Now with my really shitty Arabic and stuff, I was able to sort of like just chat to them and be friendly and tell them that I was a journalist and, you know, they thought I was a spy and that I worked for the CIA and, you know, I was there to cause trouble. Um, 
and you know i was working for saudi government and yeah but consistently they would point their ak-47s oh so these 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 guys the hoofies they're like 17 16 years old uh, so i'm like 30 fucking 36 getting pointed around by 16 year olds and then there's one one kid dude he's got uh on he's got the the slogan t-shirt on his uh thing for, so the hoofies is like fuck it's basically fuck the jews fuck israel fuck uh, fuck the americans long yeah. live islam is basically their motto okay uh, but yeah. uh, they would have these slogans like fuck america and you know <laughs> fuck, hell, that's wow Anyway, but yeah, so these guys were just like, they were constantly like, there was one guy who spoke English. He was about 16 years old. He was the commander and he'd learned English from watching uh, rap movies and stuff. Um, uh, French, like, yeah, he'd been watching Friends and trying to learn English through Friends. Um, <laughs> so, you know, so at times and stuff, I would get pulled pulled away, and I'd hang out with them, and they'd be watching American TV and asking me certain words that they were saying. You know, what did it mean? And they'd be eating this thing called uh, chewing, not not eating, chewing this thing called cut. So cut is all these like leaves and stuff, and if you chew on it, you get high. It's like probably smoking a shit ton of ganja. That's not uh, like the African chewed, is it? Yeah, yeah. That's, okay. Yeah. So they'll consistently chewing on this, and they would give me all of it, and I'd be like chewing on it, and I, you know, I'd be sitting there with them, and I'd be high as all fuck, and we'd be just talking about life and stuff, and you know, and they'd feed me, and then you know, they'd tell me about things. I'd try and work my angle out that I needed to be released, and I needed to go out and go report and do stories, and I said, ah, oh, no, because my commander told me that, uh, you know. That uh, they would kill me if I let you go, so I can't let you go. And it's like, I love you, brother Jake, but you know you can't, you can't go. And it's like, well, what if I go? It's like, well, I'll hunt you down and kill you, but if I don't manage to kill you, my boss is going to kill me. So please don't mm. run away. It's like, okay, I won't run away. <laughs> They're all smiley. I'm all high as all fuck. You know. Mm. Um, you know, then you know, I talk about hashish and stuff, and you know, they pull out some good hashish as well. Oh. So we go for you know, chewing cart is now smoking hash. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I'd be put in a little prison cell, and then um, I befriended them enough, and was like, so could I have Wi-Fi? It's like, oh yeah, brother, I'll give you Wi-Fi. You know, they give you a hotspot. So they gave me a hotspot. I can tell people is like, look. You know, I'm telling people is like I am, you know, held by the hoofies. I can't move. I can't get out. Um, you know, can you help me? Um, obviously, no one can help me. Mm. Um, <laughs> but you know, the hoofie commander's like, oh, you know, but if you want to leave, you can leave. You know, we'll put you back on a boat and we'll send you back to Djibouti with all the refugees. You know, you could do this. Uh, I was like, oh, you know. I'm still going to work my way and, you know, I'm going to talk to some of my fixers and some of the guys who could probably help me get out. Now there was this one kind of a guy and he's actually been killed by an airstrike. Um, a lot of people are very upset that he got killed by an airstrike, but he was an asshole. Like he wanted a lot of money to get me out of jail. And when he, he I, I couldn't pay him. I, mean, I, I couldn't pay him. He wanted like basically $1,600 mm -hmm. uh, for him to get me out. But, He's still not sure whether or not that money would work. And so it's like, I don't know if I can pay you. Uh, well, one, I can't even get money out because I'm in a little prison cell. And it's like, oh, you just 
go to the Western Union in Mocha in the town. It's like, I can't even get out of the little prison cell apart from going from the prison cell to the, to the other room. It's like, I can't go and do this. And it was like, so you can't help me. You can't give me the money. I was like, no, I can't. And so he told the commander that I work for the, the ex president of Yemen. And then next thing I know, like, all like 10 of the guys come rushing into my room with AK-47s and they're like, oh, you're, uh, you're a spy. You work for the government. I was like, I, I can barely speak Arabic, man. Like, I, got, <laughs> yeah. I need to tell you a story. Like, you're, and I was like, oh, you know, oh, that fixer you have in, in uh, he's no good. He's a terrible man. He comes and stuff. We'll, you know, we'll fuck up his day. Um, so you know, and this guy's like, brother Jake, I love you, like you, know, but you know, can't let me leave, you know. Um, so I was just like, oh man, this is like, you know, what can I do? Like you know, can't get out of the situation. Um, but you know, I am free to hang out wherever I want in the port. I just can't leave the port uh, dock area to go into the town. If I go into the town, they'll chase me down and kill me. Yeah. Uh, we smoke enough cut and I'm just like looking at these guys and it's just like, oh, you know, you leave your AK-47s really loosely. And I grab it and I kill you guys, you know, and I'll leave. It's like, yeah, but if you kill all of us, then the other guys will come and go kill you. So it's probably not in your best favor. It's like, you know what? You're right. You're right. I'll, I'll smoke more cut and we'll smoke more. <laughs> Life is good, you know? <laughs> It was like that for two weeks. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so you're literally getting high, just deciding, do I just, like, you know, try and make my escape and get myself killed, or do I just sit here and get high? Get high. I think I chose getting high. And then finally it's just like, fuck, I am not going anywhere. This is terrible. Um, yeah, But I was treated kindly. Like, no one hit me. No one tortured me. Um, yeah. They threatened to do it, but they never did. Um, and... You know, in the end, it's like, okay, I'll go home, you know. And the mayor of the city came and he apologized to me. He said, oh, I'm really sorry, like, you know, um, that you couldn't report on, you know, what's happening here. You know, there's, you know, it's obviously this war situation. And, you know, uh, I was like, oh, yeah, no, it's cool. And, like, you know, so they brought this, all this food and this banquet stuff to me. And, you know, and all of these, uh, you know, women came down and they did a dance for me. Um uh, it was all in the docks, so I couldn't actually leave into the town. But all the people, like the villagers and stuff, came from the city of Mecca. They gave me like this amazing coffee. So Mecca is like, for a good espresso coffee, like the originator of coffee is from the town of Mecca. So, um, you know, I had amazing Yemeni coffee to take home with me. Mm -hmm. uh, I got like Yemeni oils and stuff. Like they gave me all these presents and stuff. Um and it's literally, you know, I was treated so nicely. And it's like, fuck, but I couldn't report on the story. It's like, what the fuck? And it's like, uh -oh. yeah. And so, you know, um, I, you know, and then the mayor's like, he, like the, the boat guy wants to take $100 from every refugee that wants to get back to go to Djibouti and come by the boat. And he's like, literally, um, he's came up with a hundred dollars to pay for my, my ride. He's like, you don't need to pay for my ride. He's like, no, 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 accept our hospitality and stuff. We'll, we'll take oh. you good care of you. 
you know, so I thank all of them. <laughs> I even thank my Hoofy Commander. Um, Hoofy Commander at the end of the day is like, oh, we're going to take all the radio equipment. It's like, you can't take the radio equipment. If you didn't let me come and do work, you can't take it. It's like, well, we have guns. It's like, yeah, but you're not doing the right thing if you do that. You just be, you know, an asshole at the end of the day. It's like, oh, oh that's brave. And it's just like, oh, yeah, I don't want to be the asshole. I love you, brother Jake. So <laughs> good have it all. You are nuts. <laughs> you are fucking nuts. Anyway. I would have thought that, like, pulling fucking tapeworms out of your ass would have been the craziest this story got, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, mate. So, you know, I'm basically, you know, just went, okay, well, you know, I'll go home. And I'm on the boat ride. The boat ride, you know, it's – I'm on a boat with – 400 people is fucking insane. Um, it was also an ex fucking cow was on it. So there's cow shit all over the inside. It stinks like all hell. Water is like leaking in. You know, there are women, there are ch- the, the, the thing is also separated. Women are on the front of the boat and men are in the back in the area where the cows are. It's just, yeah, it's horrible. I have to sleep side on from another person and they sleep across my legs um yeah it was really tough but it was i got to actually film and i got to and then you know i make this one young dude and this dude uh like he'd lived in the united states before and you know he spoke great english and so i'm just getting all these stories i can of what's happening on the ground with this one kid um and at the end of the day i end up helping the kid get from djibouti back to minneapolis um to be with his family um, and I ended up getting to go back to America and uh, meeting up with him and getting the rest of his story of him, you know, coming back to normal life sort of thing um, and trying to make money for his family. But, uh, you know, that was my lifesaver for uh, that trip. Otherwise, I'd cut, I'd be coming back with no story. Holy fucking hell, man. <laughs> that is insane. <laughs> so, yeah. I can't believe you actually got away with saying, no, you're giving me back all my shit or you're being disrespectful to a bunch of guys who spent two weeks having you hostage and holding guns in your fucking face. <laughs> it is what it is. It's just like, well, I don't want to lose my shit. Like, you know. Um, so at that time, would you have just rather be shot than lose your shit? Was that yeah, what was- well, yep. pretty much. It's just like, well, if I, you know, if they're going to take all my stuff, I got no job. I got, you know, no prospects. May as well fucking kill me. Like, you know, nothing left. Um, You know, which probably one of the craziest stories was like in Kenya. Stories in uh, Somalia. Um, I was doing this documentary and we ended up doing an international music festival in Mogadishu. Mm -hmm. Um, And anyway, in Kenya, we were shooting some of this band, this African band getting ready and then, I was with my mate and we got really drunk and then we went to a really shanty town like place to go get drunk and cheap liquor and stuff and dance with uh yeah <laughs> Kenyan low lives and stuff and and then we sort of decided we'd stumble home and you know Kenyan dudes tried to rob us um they came up with a finger in their pocket the first time around in their jacket it was like I fucking laughed my head off um and then the second time around, they came with an extra person on the motorbike uh, with knives. Um, and I realized this was going to happen. So I pulled out my Leverman knife and uh, stabbed one guy fully in the arm and then another guy straight in the chest. I broke the Leverman knife Whoa. in his ribs. Jeez. And I, I popped the guy that uh, was on the motorbike. 
um, in the in the face. But uh, yeah, well, that was kind of grabbing the guy in the chest. He actually took off with my bag uh, because one of, he'd uh, kicked my friend down onto the ground. Um, he he kicked my friend on the ground, and I heard him scream. And I turned my head, and at the same time, that guy came and he hit me with this with the machete knife and stuff in the back of my head and it sliced um i needed something like 20 stitches in the back of my head and he sliced across my ear and my ear went sideways just hanging out and um but yeah um (laughs) as the guy was stealing my bag i just consistently went backwards and with my with my knife into his chest um and yeah i pretty much fucked up his day um well i'd say so by this point then yeah, and then the guy, the guy with the arm, is, he's uh, ripped into his bicep and stuff. He's like, "No more, no more. We fight no more. Please, no more." <laughs> like, I'm still ready to go. Like, I fuck you all up. Like, and um, yeah, we managed to take their stuff. So you know, they, oh, they drop their, <laughs> they drop their wallets. They drop their their hats and stuff. And it was just like a knife and stuff, and fucking headed for the fucking woods. So- went to fucking rob you and then ended up just giving up and letting themselves be robbed. <laughs> Fuck! And then the worst bit is coming back home and I'm just like, I'm just looking at all these cuts and wounds and this is, I started to get out my, um, my, my suture kit and I sew, I tried to sew, I sew the one that's underneath my eyelid this, uh, where I was sort of bleeding and I put a couple of stitches there and i look at my ear and i was like oh, i don't know what the fuck to do with my ear like you can't really stitch ears um so one of my mates is like oh i go oh just let's do the chopper read and just just chop it all off i don't need it i don't need my ear my friend's like you're fucking crazy like i'm not gonna cut your ear off it's fucking stupid it's like just cut my ear off i don't i can't deal with this one i'm fucking it's probably starting to be hung over um like <laughs> off it was like oh, but i know super glue works so we use super glue into my ear and stuff and we super glue my ear back and then i got a uh, stapler and i use the stapler and staple the ear <laughs> together uh for a... <laughs> it held it held and then i tried to use the stapler to sort of try and um put the cut that was in the back of my head um and it's like fuck fuck this is not working it's painful and like we have a meeting with the ambassador i have a meeting with the u.s ambassador the next the, in the morning <laughs> it's like 4 a.m I'm fucking- oh, <laughs> and it's been really hard to get this interview with uh the ambassador and stuff and talk about the project we're going to do in mogadishu and i haven't i haven't obviously told the the uh, the partner that uh, that i'm working with on the program that this is uh that i've been you know attacked and wounded so obviously i rock up at the us embassy with deep sunglasses and the hat and just because i got to show face and stuff anyway the ambassador just looks at me as like what the fuck happened to you and it's just like just went through a night robbery moment and it's like holy fuck we will send you to the the U.S. infirmary and stuff. So we were, I was at the infirmary in the U.S. embassy, and they stitched my head back, and they cleaned the super glue that I have, and they use their, uh, their they said it was a good idea using glue, but they have proper glue. So yeah, they had, so they glued my ear back properly, and um, yeah, <laughs> and they, they fixed the stitches that was under my eye, my brow and stuff. Um. Yeah. Oh, Marty, do you have nerve damage to this day or any shit like that? Any trouble hearing? Uh, I have trouble hearing, but that's probably from explosions and stuff. Um, that's, that's actually a valid point. So <laughs> let's 
that's an insane story because, like, obviously uh, you're in fight or flight moment and just decided to go fight. Um, if you'd have been soft and just given up, do you reckon you'd be dead today? If I had given up, they would have taken all my camera gear. Um, on that particular moment, they would have just taken it. And th that would have been my life, basically. My, you know, yeah. It was $30,000 worth of camera gear that they would have gotten away with. And me trying to get that money to get that back would have virtually been pretty hard. You know, I was I was basically living on a friend's couch um, in Kenya and stuff while trying to make this program happen. So, you know, um, yeah, I wouldn't have had too much money to sort of like support myself. And it'd be, it'd be a big struggle, you know. I mean, when you live overseas and you're a freelancer and stuff, you don't, you don't get the doll or you don't get a handout. You can't ask the Australian government to let you borrow some money and stuff. Um, yeah, you're on your own. Um, yeah. And uh, there's has been moments and stuff and i think i've always been a like yeah just i'm gonna fight you know i'm gonna fight for my life i'm gonna fight for you know but you know there has been times where i was just like well maybe it's not worth the fight and that's usually moments when there isn't anyone there is if there's people and stuff involved and innocent people involved i'll probably give up over over wanting to fight i don't want to see other people get hurt yep and um yeah so but yeah if it's just by myself, doing the wrong thing you'll fight for fucking tooth and nail yeah exactly that's yeah. fair that's fair yeah me and yeah one we we got chased by isis and stuff in turkey and i had my motorcycle and stuff i have a beautiful uh bmw r100 um yeah which i made as a good custom bike and um, we were trying to chase up some isis uh hidey holes and stuff and um, we've managed to find them in a toy store sort of thing. And they were trying to smuggle ex-fighters back. Anyway, they gave us chase. I jumped on the motorbike. We're fucking racing down. It's like something out of, you know, a James Bond movie, basically. Um, yeah, and they're chasing us. They were chasing us in a car and stuff. And we managed. I managed to go through an alleyway that was much smaller. And, you know, just like... Uh, it's called like Malcolm and stuff, you know, their car just gets fucking jammed on both sides of the alleyway and they're just jam stuck. <laughs> and I'm able to flee on the motorbike and stuff and we get off. Um, and we run, we ride out of town. Like I'm just, I start driving at 180 kilometers an hour on the, on the Turkish highway and just not giving a shit. I'm just going to get out of there. <laughs> shit. Fucking oath, man. Jesus. This is a level of chaos I can't even envision, man. I don't know how you're still fucking alive. I don't know how either. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's just pure luck. Um, yeah, it's pure luck. Um, that, you know, is the reason why I'm still alive to this day. Nope. I'm just to touch wood. Um, you know, um, it's exciting, you know. Uh, <laughs> That's one word for it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Christ almighty. Have you got a short one to take us out with? Short one to take you out with? Oh, yeah. Okay, so, you know, I've come back home to Australia. Um, I've been living a quite a simple life. I got a, a job doing some tour guiding and stuff. So, you know, we take these guys uh, on a tour trip to Indian uh, Himalayas and stuff, and we're in the town of Leh. Um, and we're uh, with a whole bunch of Aussie blokes. Um, there's an old couple as well. Uh, we're going to go up to a place called Karun La, uh, which is the highest uh, road on earth, apparently. Um, well, that's public road, not military. 
Um, but, uh, you know, it's a site to go up to, to get up to the highest road on the earth. Um, now, we are riding on bikes that come from the city of Manali, and Lay and the Motorcycle Union in Lay have a problem with the Motorcycle Union in Manali. So they don't want your bike, they don't want Manali bikes riding whatsoever in, uh, in, um, in their town. And they'll, they'll try and ride you off and take your bikes if they can. Anyway, they set up a checkpoint and stuff to try and stop people. And most of the, our guys and stuff, they end up riding past. And then I'm in the back, uh, basically, you know, trying to catch the scragglers and stuff and help them get up back up top and stuff in case someone breaks down. But there's one like little Indian dude just fucking cuts me off, really starts, you know, and starts yelling at me. Obviously, I don't speak Hindi. And then, you know, he's super fucking rude. And he comes up to my face and tries to take my keys. So I grab him by his helmet and I just chuck him straight to the ground, you know. Um, and then, but the other guys and stuff, they see it and stuff and they come down and it's like, no, 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 it's okay. It was, you know, the guy's a fuckhead, you know, I don't know what the fuck he wants. But, you know, we get to the police checkpoint up getting up to the top and the police is like going for our paperwork and these gang of uh these like tour guide dudes they all rock up and there's like 20 of them and we're 10 aussie blokes most of them are ex-military going for you know having a fun trip with their mates one's a beer brewer from uh, port macquarie he's just fucking built fucking rock of a dude big al and um but, you know they're a whole bunch of indians uh you know they're scrawny as hell and short and you're just like no, we, uh, but, you know, we're not going to sort of you know, listen to you guys. We're not giving you our bikes. They wanted to confiscate our bikes. And so you know, we talked to their vice president, who I, I don't think is their vice president. He's just, just an Indian guy who could speak English really well. And, um, yeah, they, they said, okay, there's no problem. We'll just, you know, we'll leave and, you know, we'll hire from, we'll hire some bikes from Lay and we'll, we'll go back up. Uh, but yeah, the one guy that I threw down on with his helmet and stuff, he had like a massive beef with me. So he got more guys. So there was like 50 Indian dudes. Mm. So when we came back down the hill, it's like, oh, we're going to confiscate your bike and take away and wreck your bike. It's like, no, you're not going to do that. Like, if you're going to do that, we're going to fight and stuff. And I go, look, and then the guy's like, oh, you punched me. I go, didn't punch you. Like, it's on my GoPro. I grabbed you by your helmet and I threw you down because I didn't know what the hell you were trying to do. You know, I was one defending myself. And the guy's like, oh, you know what? Like, I'll tell you what. I get off. I take my helmet off. It's like, if you really want to, punch me in the face. You know, be a man, punch me in the face. And the guy has looked at me and he doesn't want to punch me in the face. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go. Like, this is frustrating. So we start, you know, and they're giving chase. And, like, you know, they started giving chase. And uh, the old couple, unfortunately, is, they're super worried and they're panicking. So we got to get them to safety. But all the other guys is like, fuck it, let's just fight. Let's, let's just have a good fight, you know. Um, but we managed to sort of trick them. And a lot of the guys escape. They get to the hotel. And me and the tour guide and Big Al, we're, like, left and stuff. And we make a we make a final dash for it because we're in the city now, but they don't want to stop at the police station to you know solve this problem. They want to go back to their clubhouse to organize the problem, which is like the end of our bikes. So um, fuck that, we're not doing that. So we, we rush out of uh, from the section that they've held us, and there's this mad rush through the town and stuff. And like 
guys are coming side on to me and I'm just kicking them and they're going to safety barriers or are going into like the street wow. path and stuff. That <laughs> axe. And then it's like, fuck this. And then we're like a hundred meters from the hotel and this one truck just fucking blocks the way because it's just bad at fucking turning or wants to go up up the road. And we're jammed and stuff, and we just locked down and stuff. I get off the bike and stuff, and two Indian guys already. I grab them by the helmets. I've got them in the sewer and stuff. And there's one Indian guy that's come up to me. He's like, "Oh, I don't want to fight. Please don't fight me." But it's like, "Dude, what the fuck are you in front of me? Like, you don't want to fight me?" It's just like, "Please, just come with us." It's like we saw this like, but one guy is like, he's like on Big Al and stuff. Big Al grabs the guy by the neck and just lifts him up in the air, and he's like, he's like choking the deaf and stuff. And two Indian guys are grabbing Big Al by his arm to bring his arm down, so the guy can stand back and get his breath back. Yep. And then, yeah, the other guy, the tour leader and stuff, they break his key to the motorbike and stuff. Oh, and, you oh. know, um, That's so, yeah, it was pretty much going to be on. And then some dude just like turns up and. He starts speaking in Hindi and he's he like he's organized and you know he's just managed to hear what the problems is, but he's managed to calm everyone down and he's just like and he goes, All right, let, let's just go. And then we get, get to the hotel and stuff, and then all the union bosses all come down to the hotel, but none of the police want to take control and none of the military want to come at all. But the union bosses are there, they come into the hotel, and it's like we have this discussion, and it's just like, you know. Look, and I put up my GoPro stuff and I put it into the thing. And it's like, well, this is my GoPro footage. It's off my helmet. And this is what's happening. And, you know, your man literally came up to me and he decided that he wanted to, um, you know, destroy my motorbike. And I have no idea. I was defending myself. And the guys just look at the footage and stuff and they just like, we'll get back to you. We'll get the police. I go, go, go get the police. They never did. But all of their gangs and stuff stayed at the front of the hotel all night long. And so we had to organize us leaving at about 4 a.m. in the morning. And we left the whole province of Leh. Um, yeah, we had, to, we had to go over four mountain passes. And uh, that will pass 4,000 meters in altitude. It was insane. It was the most insanest, longest ride day that we'd done in India. But it was one of the best days ever. Fuck, man, that is absolute fucking chaos. <laughs> Holy shit. So, yeah, that, yeah. That even, is a story. Even being home, I have some great adventures, you know. Yeah, true. <laughs> well, we're going to have to leave that one for the next episode, man. So I'm going to wrap it up again. Thanks heaps for fucking hanging out with us, Jake. Much appreciated. No worries. Uh, folks, you are listening to Talking Shit, and I believe after this uh, certain episode, I'm going to call this particular episode Talking Shit, <laughs> dash Talking Shit. <laughs> All right, folks, thanks for listening. Uh, if you liked what you like, then obviously, if you like what you listen to, I should say, click the like, click the subscribe. Uh, Jesus Christ, talking a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Look, folks, uh, click like, click subscribe, and we'll catch you on the next episode. And Jake, thanks heaps for joining us, man. No worries at all. Rock and roll, dude. Chat soon. Cool, man. I'll catch you then.